Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to listen to. Uh, say hello, Juliana. Hi everyone. Oh yeah, I normally say you. We're joining me as Juliana. <laughs> say hello. That was a funny introduction. Um, I say whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed. I am lying about this episode. Why? Because this episode is actually provided for me for free uh, by Audible, who are saying, hey, Audible, we're the publisher, the, the, the exclusive publisher, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, we're, we're the new publisher, of, or the main public, lead publisher, whatever it is, of this new book. And here's a book, read it and review it, and then uh, publi- don't, don't publish it until this date. So the 16th of May, this uh, is going to come out. Okay. Um, but I'm recording it now because I finished the book unexpectedly early because it was the only book that I had left that I hadn't listened to in my Audible uh, library. You're always got craving to... for audiobooks, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I know. But anyway, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to get back to books that I choose to read in a second. Anyway, okay. this book is called um, Outland uh, by Dennis E. Taylor. And um, yeah, so what happens is that I, I get emails like this all the time. Okay. Will you review a book? Will you review a book? Like three or four times a week, I yes. get an email saying, will you review a book? Here's a book. We've got this book and coming out. even what? like a few days ago, there what? was a, a big package in the mail oh, yeah. for you from New York. <laughs> yeah, someone actually just sent a Somebody book. Somebody sends a paper book from New York to you. Yeah. And it was like one of those... Like it, it had like a, a folder with it and yeah. just papers in, and it yeah, was promo a, stuff. a very general like yeah. stuff and I just, about and the I just, book and and I just said to you okay just put it in the waste, bin for you such a waste I said put it in the bin for me and you're like I no. can't do it so I come home and the book's just sitting there on the sideboard yes. and I, don't worry I'll put it on the put it in the bin because no matter what happens like even now I realise that ebooks like I, if it's a good ebook I'll read it no problem at all yeah. but I have to want to read an ebook to okay. read an ebook now. You're audiobooks just are fine. Purely an audiobook person now. No, I'm not purely an audiobook person, but like if it's a book that I want to read, I'll read it as an ebook, no problem. But like this this recent book, we'll probably do a review of it before this review comes out, uh, which is the uh, this uh, Becky Chambers book, which I was like, nah, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be into this or not. And I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, this is really hard work. Like, and if it's a book, if it's an ebook that I like, yeah, I'll just blow through it straight yeah. straight away. How far um, you, did you did you finish it? What, the Becky Chambers yeah. book? Well, by the time this podcast comes out, I've either stopped reading it or I or finished it. Okay. I'm about halfway through. Okay. Um, or, no, I'm, I got to the end of part one. I don't know how many parts there are, but I got to the end of part oh, one. I don't know. Anyway, either. here we go. Outland by... Okay. Oh, no, no, what was, so I got this email yes. from someone at Audible saying, hey, here's a book. And I'll always just have a glance at it because if it's an author that I've heard of before, I know. If it's an author, if it's an author that I like and I've read a book and given four stars to them or something, or yeah. three and a half, four, five stars, of course I'll say, yeah, I'll take the book. You know, some, sometimes I'll get offered a book and it's by an author who I actually like and I'll be like, yeah, give it a go. Or if okay. it's an author who I've read before and we're like, eh, not quite sure, but I'll give them a second try. I'll give any author a second try. Okay. No problem. And Dennis E. Taylor, I read his book um, called... Uh, the uh, uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob, or I Am Legion, oh, I Am Bob, the Bobbyverse that. book. Ah, I've um, heard about that one. Anyway, so so I thought, oh, let's have a look at this. You know, uh, Taylor is known for his recent uh, best-selling Audible originals, The Singularity Trap and and the Bobbyverse uh, origin, uh, trilogy. Um, so, uh, but the, what really caught my eye about this book is, remember a few episodes ago, I talked about uh, the book, um, the Pliocene Exile book yes. um, by Julian May. We it's talked called... about that in like the time travel kind yeah, of... Yeah, we're talking about time travel and yeah. stuff, but actually what it is, it's... Oh, no, no, it was called The Many Coloured Land. So if you're looking back through it, that's what you want. But it's the Pleiac... It's the, uh, the saga of the Pliocene Exile. Okay. So people go through a one-way gate back in time and yeah. they go back in time to the Pliocene er- er- era. So what, six million years ago? Or two, two and a half million. Is Mammoth yeah, six... era? No, no, it's no. pre-mammoth. So it's... Dinosaurs? It's, no, not dinosaurs, but like giant sloths and whatever, you know, oh, right. things like that, you know. And uh, before any, before any sort of like what we'd know now as like our human ancestors. Yeah. So it's like like apes, some kind of ape kind of animals are there, but, but not. They, they nothing. haven't discovered like they didn't just they didn't do the thumb things uh, yet. Well, no opposable like... thumbs. I'm just saying it's millions of years ago okay. rather than thousands of years ago. Let me put it that okay, way. Okay. Yes. So we're talking millions of years, not thousands of years. So that's the that's the Pliocene. Yeah. Um, and what really, what I said, actually what I want, what I want of a book is to do what I thought that book was. Because the first half of that book, 
I know it's a four-book series, but we'll just concentrate on the first novel in the yeah. Pliocene Exile, the saga of the Pliocene Exile. It sets up and they're like, oh, it's in the future. There's this new technology. These people are going to go through this gate and they don't know what they're going to find there. And I was like, oh, really, what I want is either an adventure story where people go through to the other side of this gate yeah. and then they have to fight off dinosaurs. Well, maybe not dinosaurs, but whatever, you know, yeah, you know, whatever some... big big rodents, that, you know, giant rodents of unusual either size. Either trying to make their way back. Yeah. Or, well, not make their way back, know, but make up a set of a new yes. life there as a small band. Or they get back there and some kind of civilization or some kind of society has been established and they've got and to... And they have to fit d- in. They or, have to fit yeah. in with that. And unfortunately, that book turns out, they go back in time, but some aliens arrived and now it's like a fantasy story and it's like, oh, this is it's not the book I was wanting. Okay. And they get back and they, they fight with elves and goblins. I mean, they, these are... What? These, yeah. <laughs> the, the aliens, there's two different races of aliens. One which are very kind of like, they're tall and willowy and elves, you know. Yeah. And there's other which are small and grib- gribbly and you know, grummy and they're yeah. kind of like the orcs slash goblins whatever okay. so actually what it turned out to be is they go back and they set up this thing survival gear survival training we're getting a team together there's going to be eight of us in the squad we're getting yeah, back you've you seen, know, like they arrive in the jungle yeah they arrive like, back and they're going to get yeah. there they don't know what they're going to find but they're going to find something south of yes. France six million years ago or two million years ago whatever it was two and a half million years ago and it's going to be completely different hmm. and they've got to set up their own life but then it turned into a fantasy story slash science fiction a weird story and I remember enjoying the overall story but it wasn't what I wanted actually what I wanted is that you got halfway through this book and suddenly you take this left turn hmm. and you go oh and now it isn't the book that I thought it was going to be yeah. from the first like the entire first half of that novel or you know first third of that novel and then it takes okay. a left turn and I was like but actually what I want is it's the pleasing is, is that straight through okay. and they go through and there aren't any aliens and there's nothing supernatural and there's no meta psychics or whatever they have and nobody can do telekinesis and fast speech and all these other kind <laughs> of things uh, yeah exactly Crazy. I want them to just go through and then have an adventure in Stone Age well not Stone Age but Pliocene or whatever it's like big monsters anyway when I looked at this book the, the blurb was when an experiment to study quantum uncertainty goes spectacularly wrong Physics student Bill Rustad and his friends find that they have accidentally created an interdimensional portal. They connect to Outland, an alternative Earth with identical geology, but where humans never evolved. Okay. Okay. The group races to establish control of the portal before the government, military, or evildoers can take it away. Then everything changes when the Yellowstone Yellowstone supervolcano erupts in a huge explosion uh, large enough to destroy civilization and kill half the planet. The team has just hours to get as many people as possible across to Outland before a lethal cloud of ash overwhelms them. Nothing has prepared the refugees for what they find. A world of few resources and unprecedented dangers. Somehow they must learn to survive. Because Outland may not just be a safe haven. It could be their new home. And I was like, I read that blurb. And because that, I'd read yeah. the, I read the, the Menico Land, the Saga of the Pleiocene Exile, a few books ago. Like, mm. you know, two months ago or last month or whenever it was. I was like, this could be it. The book that I said that I was wanting in that review that I right. gave. This is it. This is the book. So they don't go through... Uh, what actually it turns out in the, this is not in the blurb but in the book it turns out they don't go through to the Pliocene they go through to the Pleistocene which is instead of millions of years ago it's thousands of years ago but this is Pleistocene on this other planet no, no. it's Earth but an alternate timeline when there's no humans so ah. because there's no humans the megafauna of North America is still there because they go okay. through from like I think Lincoln, Nebraska or something so they go through the gate and there's massive there's, ferns yeah. and this kind of stuff. well it's not that it's more like woolly mammoths still exist the woolly oh, right. rhinos still exist the saber tigers still exist the giant sloth still exist there's elk and stuff and there's and passenger pigeons which have all been wiped out all extinct now the, the sky is still full of passenger pigeons what so, pigeons passenger pigeons is it passenger pigeons that i mean i know pigeons but what's a passenger passenger pigeon? pigeons passenger pigeons uh, uh passenger pigeons this is a wild pigeon um, of North America is an extinct species of pigeon that was endemic to North America so there was billions of these there was billions of these things and they were hunted to extinction because they kind of relied on the fact that there was why billions of passenger pigeons died in under a century. Wow, so it took, that's crazy. So it took, uh, uh, this is Martha, the world's last known passenger pigeon, you know, and wow. it's, a, it's stuffed in the Smithsonian, uh, oh, no. things like that. So, it's like the dodo. Yeah, it's like the dodo, wiped yeah. out. In, oh, right. in a few decades or a hundred years just by overhunting but okay. there was billions of them but they kind of relied on their on being the business billions. and as soon as it dropped down to merely thousands they were too spread out yeah. and they could just be wiped out yes. so that's the passenger I pigeon see. so okay. it's not that they go through to the 
Pliocene or the Pleistocene. They're so going they're through not... to a, 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 a divergent world of ours. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because the way that I read the blurb was it sounded like they're going off to a different planet. Like, it's in the Earth, it's, it's an alternate timeline rather than back in okay. time. Okay. It's an alternative timeline rather than a different planet. But the same place. They, it's in the same place, yeah. but a different timeline. Okay. So, that's, that's what we have. That's the, that's the setup. Okay. Unfortunately, and this is, the, this is the, the first knock against this book. Um, so the problem that I had is that this book has the same problem, the same structural problem as The Many Coloured Land by Julian May, in that you get halfway through the book um, and suddenly the story changes. No way again! Well, it's not that it changes, it actually becomes what it says here. Yeah. It says, like, in this email, this blurb that I got here, um, uh, an experiment goes wrong and they've got to go and they establish control of the portal before the government military or evildoers can take it away. Then everything changes when yet the yellow says, now this is the blurb, so this is what I was given in the promo and this is yeah. what I went into the book. I was like, great, so they're going to have to get through. But that takes more than half the book to get to the point where it says here in the blurb, the team has just oh. hours to get as many people as possible across the outline before a lethal cloud of ash overwhelms them. Right. So the entire first half of the book is this is this gang it's of all this four stuff slash six people of them setting up the gate and then they go through the gate and they're like, oh, we got to keep control of it. We did this thing. There's a bit of fraud. We're going to get some money and then they start doing... Can they go back and forth? Yes, they can go back and forth. Okay. There's no problem to go back and forth. Mm. Not only can they go back and forth is that they can, which is the really cool thing, like the technology, the world of this book and the technology of this book is actually the best thing about it. Okay. Not only that they can use a portal, but they can pick the portal up and move it around. So it becomes like portal, the game. Oh, you know. right. So, so you can like... You can, they can put it here and then go through and then someone can go through the other way and then they can turn it they can turn it 90 degrees and look down and they have they put a small portal on the end of a stick and use it as like a periscope going through so they're in one world and they can go through to the other world so they're like Crazy. it's dangerous over there because there's a saber-toothed tiger on that side mm. so we can check and they look around it's like okay all the saber-toothed tigers have gone all right let's open up the big portal and then they go through the big portal right and then they're like oh we need to get something from here to there oh well on this side there's roads and we can take the road from there here to there so we can take something from that side of the portal mm. back through here drive there drive across yeah. And uh, take it through. So all of the that. stuff that I liked about this book yeah. was all of this. Oh, we can flip the t flip the portals around and put two portals back to back, and and all of these different things that you know from the portal game. All of that is really well explored in this book. You know, yeah. sort of like Paris. Like, how big is a portal? Do they get the, they get the, the small portal, which is a few inches across that they can just poke a camera through and a yeah. microphone through, yeah. and then they get the bigger one that they can pass things through, and then the three foot one where you can you can climb through or walk through, and then you get the bigger one that you can like walk through as a group, and then they get even the even bigger one which you can drive through, and they drive through trailers and, and stuff like okay. that to set up. So they bases. bring their technology yeah. with them. Yeah, so they're bringing stuff backwards and forwards okay. through the gate. Unfortunately, the whole part, the whole start of that book this first half of the book where they go through and it's establishing what's going on on the yeah. other side. It's kind of forgotten that the blurb says everything changes when the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts an explosion. So all the way through, halfway through the book, I was knowing that they're going to have to grab us, they have just hours to get as many people as possible across to Outland, Outland before a lethal right. a cloud of ash overwhelms them. That's what I was waiting for. I waited half the book, knowing that everything that they were doing in that first half of the book was going to be completely negated. Yes. Because if it says, you know, this is going to be where they're going, it doesn't matter how much gold that they mine over in the outland and bring back and try and sell the gold. Mm. That doesn't matter because as soon as the supervolcano erupts and it's, civilization collapses on this side and they have to set up another civilization on the other side, work. the gold is, is useless. Yeah. And then all so, of the book is useless. I mean, are you kind of saying the blurb isn't good? The blurb gives too much away. Okay. However, it doesn't because that was the thing that made me want to read the book. So it did. It, it, it was the right amount of blurb for, to make me read the book. Okay. It's the wrong amount of book for the actual blurb. It's too spoily. No. No. Get to the story quicker. Okay. The story. It could have been like this. We've set up a gate. Great. Let we're gonna do. Let's do a little bit more investigation. Yeah. This sounds like this sounds like like. Two chapters. Yeah, it, yeah, and that's what I was expecting. Right? I was expecting like two, three, maybe four three, chapters. Yeah. Actually, the chapters in this book are very short. Okay. okay. So forget about the length of the chapters. But let's say this is a 10-hour audiobook that mm. I just listened to. If it was two hours setting up the technology, yeah. and then boom, Yellowstone erupts. And yeah. Yellowstone's mentioned at the start. There's like really, really, really heavy-handed like foreshadowing of that Yellowstone is going to erupt at some point. Yeah. Not just in the blurb. Like it opens with 
hey, we're going to cover it. There's lots of activity at Yellowstone, but let's not co let's cover it up a bit. We don't want to cause panic and stuff like that. Yeah. So half the book, we're like, let's not cause panic and let's not talk about Yellowstone Yay. erupting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's like, it's really heavily handy, he heavy handedly um, foreshadowed at the start. Yeah. But we don't get it until halfway through. So what I really want is that entire first half of the book with all the stuff about gold mining and getting money to, to, to do this kind of stuff. It's uh, forget all of that. Forget all of that. Do that like in, in one hour or two hours of the book and then randomly have Yellowstone go off and it be a real emergency. But yeah. they kind of already set up too much stuff on the other side. Yeah. And then give me a novel length story about setting up this civilization or setting up the society on the other yeah, side. Because then you have like the urge because yeah. everyone had to go through and as many people as possible. Really you couldn't quickly. select anyone. You just had to go yeah everybody got and this would solve like a major problem in this book okay which, which is, is you have a device which can open up a portal to another world yes and you can get people away from an ash cloud which is literally threatening all of civilization and every single person on the other side yes there's literally a, a pristine backup world one portal away yeah you have this portal technology It's not that difficult to actually make one of these portals because within the book they can put them together like even like one like guy or two. MacGyver yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's sort of like like two or three people just like MacGyvering these things together. Yeah. Like oh, there's these parts off the shelf and this part off the shelf and this iPad or this tablet has this software which is already written with this controls which are already written. So theoretically, they could have gotten most What? of the people from Earth across if they had thought, hey, what we should do is transmit. Just right now, as this is happening, as we realize that this is the best way for people around here to escape the Yellowstone um, supervolcano eruption, which mm. is going to wipe out the entire Earth, what would, what would it be the best thing to do? Is Maybe we should transmit the plans for this portal to the world, and everyone around the world can make one of these portals, and we'll give them the directions to get to this world. Yes, but the whole point is not give it to the baddies. That's yeah, but that's like the thing. There said. aren't any baddies now because if it's the if it's the yeah, success it's, of, it's, of it's uh, an apocalyptic world, then suddenly every human. But then they meet later on. They meet up with some military people, and the military people have like you know encrypted uh, communications. Yeah. So even if they only wanted it to give to other Americans or other NATO people or just give it to the UN or something, mm. they would have been able to find a way to do that. Of course, by then it's way too late and everything's collapsed. So basically, down. only Americans get across. No. If they only want Americans to survive, if they only want to help America and not the bad guys, but the whole point of this book that it seems to be that there's bad guys in America anyway, and when civilization collapses, it doesn't matter where you're from, there's going to be bad guys there. Yes, of course. And there's going to be good guys there. So it doesn't even matter. If you want to save humanity, if you want there to be more than 350 people living in this other planet, Why concentrate them all down into a small part of alternative universe in Nebraska where there's saber-toothed tigers around there? Yeah. Why don't you spread that technology? And this is never addressed within the book. And okay. it breaks the book. This is a, a plot. This is like a plot hole which breaks the entire reason for the book to exist and all of the stuff in the book to exist. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind it if that this novel began with Yellowstone's erupt. They say, we're getting everyone through here. Now let's transmit, th transmit this. But it's gonna t maybe they say, oh, this gate took us like four years to build or something. Yeah. It's got all this specialist equipment and yeah. we had to do all this kind of stuff. And they get through and then it turns out for everybody else to build it, they've got to survive across there for that amount of time. Or maybe they do have to set up because they're the first ones through. They do set it up, but civilization collapses way quicker on the other side and, and only small they, pockets uh, yeah. of people come across. Yeah. And there's not, when people come across, then all these different pockets of humanity around these gates are spread out but yeah. they can only bring through like ultralights and maybe someone can bring through a helicopter but nobody can bring through like uh, like uh, satellite technology or communication technology that can span the whole globe you know there's yeah. ways of writing this book which don't make the people within the book come off as complete idiots and also uncaring and like we've got to save the world let's save these 300 people I'm like transmit the plans of the portals worldwide and let everyone go through into alternate world it turns out that even at the start of the book they discover there's not just one alternate world there's yeah, different just, alternate that worlds was just, uh, that was one of my questions so they can decide where they're going I, it seems like there's almost an infinite yes they can decide where they're going 
Um, and they, but they put in some kind of like thing where it kind of uh, narrows down onto one the one it's sort of like you know with like a, a gravity well like you fall down like once you get in the gravity well you kind of spiral down and you're into one point they kind of designed the computer system that it always comes down to this one point and when um, when uh, it takes something really really big for the timeline to diverge and never mix again because like small things that we do now don't affect the wider world you know yeah it's it's only sort of like these epoch changing decisions yes which actually create different worlds you know okay so like for example one of them there's been a, a, a meteor strike on the yeah, earth yeah. or something and that, like that, that and wiped totally it, yeah, yeah. Gets you so off, there's different there's different the ways. So when they go from one to the other, it's all like really really strong here, and then go up a valley, and then fall down into the valley on the yeah. other side, and you're there. Okay. But there's like lots of different time valleys, you know, okay. or whatever, or different alternate time valleys. So even if that some humans, like all the Americans or the goodies, want to take this place, just go. Well, if you are bad people, we'll just send you through to this other place, and but we won't give you the plans also, or something. Why? I mean, I. I do understand this whole like, oh, these are good people, these are bad people. That just doesn't exist. Like, in a case like that... Yes, but this book is written by somebody who doesn't know how to write characters or write motivations or write politics or people. So the bad guys are just... Everyone else except Americans. No. No. Thugs are the bad guys. And you know why why they are the bad guys? Because they're thugs. And that's it. There's no motivation behind anyone except for unexamined. That person's a thug, so that means they're a bad person. So a thief. A thug. What's that? Just a bad person. Okay. What are they doing? Just uh, being bad. Yeah, they're being bad, and so they're thugs. So it doesn't matter what they do. Their motivations is thuggish, and they're just referred to as thugs over and over again. But there's so much weird kind of conservative language in just the word thug like when you would say these thugs like there's so much sort of like racial stuff mixed up in there because thug is a label that you could put on someone which then you don't have to actually examine any of why they're do- or any of their motivations yeah. it's it's like you just label someone it's sort of like you're a terrorist or you're an extremist or something it's sort of yeah, like, it's like no they're a freedom you, fighter they're a resistance fighter you stole a a loaf of bread. You're a thug. Yeah. And there's all this kind of stuff like, oh, no, we're not looters. We're doing so. And there's, he kind of, like, it's, he, he's not a good enough, he, Dennis E. Taylor isn't a good enough thinker to examine any of the language that he's using. Or he's not a good enough writer to understand any motivations behind any of his characters that he wants. Mm. To be able to structure a story around like motivations that make sense yeah so it becomes all of this unexamined like i know weird to say like but like really conservative ways of thinking in a way that like okay don't think about anything quick give me a name and you give me a name all right that's this person all right now someone else let's just go like this so when you're reading through like like he just doesn't even know like like at one point that it says Kurt, Susie and Bruno were doing this kind of thing. I was like, have we met Kurt, Susie and Bruno? It's like these are just like three white person names from Nebraska yeah. or something like that. And even I think one of the main characters is called Kevin. Where do you think Kevin is from? Like if I say the name Kevin, where do you think? There's Bill, there's Richard, there's Dave and there's Kevin. Okay, where are those four people from? You mean within the US or within anywhere in the world? world. Like, anywhere in the world. Bill, Richard, Dave, and Kevin. Where is Kevin from? I know New Jersey. No, I think he's he's meant to be Indian or something like what? that. What? Like from okay, India. Like sure. he's, he's fr- I from... mean, Kevin can be from India. I, I guess. Again, it's, yeah, I'm sure, but I couldn't. Work. It was mentioned once, once or twice or something like that. But then it's sort of like, and then there's like, and then Susie and and Patrick and all these other names came up. And I was like, I'm not hearing anything. Oh, and then there's one character who I think was meant to be black. And then one character who I think was meant to be Latino or Latina. She was Latino or something like that. And I was just reading sort of like these just barrage of indistinguishable white white man names coming up just over and over again. And, and And it was this weird thing. And it was like just this barrage of like white man issue uh, point of view kind of reading and it's so mm. weird to read a book I actually checked this isn't a new book this book no, came, came out in 2015 yeah, it came it? out in 2015 yeah I saw that on Goodreads it, uh, it was published it's already been published it was his first novel and and again it's is so... the Bobby verse just like similar to this no Bobby verse he gets around this and you can get okay. around this kind of thing really easy if the entire novel has one character <laughs> <laughs> 
If if it's just okay. you as yes. an author placement within a within a novel, okay. and then you just clone yourself like thousands of times over, okay. it doesn't matter that you're always talking from the same point of view of the because same that's white the whole guy. Point of it. Because the whole point is that Bob Bobbyverse is sort of like one character who splits up, and he you know, okay. and you can spread apart. Now that there's ways of doing that really well. Like for example, Alistair Reynolds does it in House of Sons really really well. That it's the whole point is that one person splits themselves apart, and then they take different routes around the ga galaxy, and then mm. 20, 30, 40 thousand years later they all gather back together and mix their minds together mm. and like how how much their uh, personalities have diverged in that time and then come back together and you know some of them are split off and don't want to do it and some of them don't come back and you know all the different kind of things so there's ways of writing that novel um but that's not what bobbyverse is about it's it's mostly just about someone wanting to write Star Trek fan fiction with himself in every role and sure if you want to do that you can actually write some fun space adventures if you want yourself to star in every role in a Star Trek adventure go for it <laughs> okay maybe not my kind of thing anyway but here it's really tricky because he is actually writing different characters yeah. but every single character has the same voice they have the same sayings they have the same humor they have the same sentence structure and the same pacing and when he does mm. news reports the people who say things in the news reports like on the hello this is the BBC World Service this has happened this has happened this has happened this has happened and then later on another character is like oh let me tell you what happened this has happened this has happened it's like you you it's all the same sentences it's all the same sentence structure but it's you not know. it's not the audiobook that makes it sound like that. It is just, it's literally no, it's, what's it's the, the writing, it's the, the word, words. use of it's words. It's the use of words. Okay. The people on the BBC use exactly the same words as all of the characters in Nebraska. What? I know. It's just not very well written. Also, okay. what else? I made some of the notes here as well. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so, and also the characters, uh, mostly indistinguishable. And again, I don't, again, it's not because... He's not good at writing, like, dialogue or anything. I just don't think... There's just no difference of... Like, Bob... No, Bill. We don't know... Bill is our main character. I think he's meant to be our main character. We don't find anything out about Bill. We find out more about other characters. But I think we're meant to latch on to Bill. Even here in the in the blurb, it, sell, it says... Um, uh, Bill does this, and I think actually in the other blurb on out uh, on uh, not in the email, it's talking about Richard. But I could like there's a lot there's a long sections of this book went past, and I couldn't remember who was Richard and who was Bill. And then there was an, and These then names there was are Kevin. so generic. Uh, yeah, and then there was another character called Kevin. Another one. No, no, there, there was oh, a character the, the called Kevin. Kevin. There was a character called Kevin, and then there was another. There was like six main characters, like, and there was four guys. There was Bill. There was Richard. There was Kevin, and then there was another guy, and I could never remember what he actually did with the group or what he contributed. Okay. But he was always hanging out there in the book sometime. Like, his name would come up, and I'm like, oh, is that Dave? Oh, yeah, maybe it was Dave. Maybe Dave is in my head. And another point, I'm just saying, these names are so generic. And then someone else turns up and like, oh, I'm Richard as well. Oh, okay, well, we'll call you Dick. He's like, oh, okay, I'll be Dick, because two Richards is fine. Uh, but it's sort of, it was sort of like, oh, uh, the same name comes up again. And of course you'll get two different names. And, but, but really, I mean... It's fine, I, but it's, it's almost it, but... impossible to tell the characters apart because yeah. they all have generic white person names. Yeah. And then if you're not a generic white person, you're a woman. And that's your one of your defining characteristics. But you're still a white and uh, cis and... Maybe. And, uh, Ma no, no. And There's heterosexual little sprinkles and... that turn in there. It's sort of like, oh, we never know with this one. So it's like, oh, so is she bisexual or gay? But then it's not... None of... Again, it doesn't matter about any of the things about this play none of it plays into the plot no, none of it none of these back, different back even though none of them do have different backgrounds even if they did have different backgrounds none of those backgrounds play into the motivations of the characters okay none, none of them no, there's no difference between any of the characters you have some bad characters and you have some good characters and you have some side characters who you don't know if they're good or bad yet mm. most of them turn out to be Neutral, I guess. Yeah, like Dave, who doesn't do anything. Do Dave, I don't, I can't remember what Dave does in the book, or even if his name is Dave. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, it, it, okay. the, the characters are all indistinguishable and not, and also so, not, not very clever, not very nice. They, they are all audience. They are, no, so they are all author stand-ins. Like they're all just different parts of the author going. Oh, if I was this kind of person, I guess I'd talk like this. It's all like, yes, you'd talk exactly like you. And I'd think like this. Yes, you'd think exactly like you. And this would be my attitude and these would be my politics. And you're like, you know, all right, so exactly the you same. You know how this, this reminds me of? What? When I was younger, I don't even know if you had this in the UK. You got like these, these, um, like it was like a doll. Yeah. 
and it it was standing like this. Okay, a doll with its arms out wide. Yeah, on, on a bit of paper, right? On like a bit of on paper. a bit of paper. Yeah. Like it was wrong. And then you could um, cut out that doll, and then yeah. you could cut out different kind of <laughs> yeah. different kind of uh, clothes. clothes. Yeah. yeah, and, and then fold you them and over fold them yeah, over. Yeah. This reminds me. <laughs> That's what this book is. That's what this book is. And so, okay, to get this straight, um, so we have a worldwide apocalyptic event. Yes. And then this, we, this comes this to is, like two thirds of the way, yes, like okay. halfway through the book. This comes. This in. place in Nebraska in has in, a gateway through to another States. dimension. Yeah. And they manage to get. 350 Nebraskan American people. Well, no, it's fun. They get them from the university, so they're mostly young students, like they students who are okay, there. Okay, but, but the university is closed over the summer, but there's still lots of people doing like summer school. So it's like right. summer so students like... at Nebraska University, <sighs> or or wherever it is. That's the most boring society ever. It, it no, it may no. I don't. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with like the story of this book. And there's nothing wrong with the idea, like the, the idea behind is the story. Is there actually something happening afterwards? Yeah, there's sort of like some squabbles and stuff and, you know, some bad people. And there's some thugs and some bad people try and take over. And, you know, I still don't know what thugs are. Thug. Okay, here we go. Another uh, another episode of Luke and Juliana look up things. Uh, okay, thug. A violent person, especially a criminal. A member of an organization of robbers or assassins in India. So it's like a thug is, a, is a, an Indian word. Okay. Uh, they were suppressed by the British in the 1830s. So thug is so. I like I like the synonyms. What? Ruffian, hoodlum, bully, bully boy. boy, bully, bandit, mugger, gangster, terrorist, gunman, murderer, killer, hitman. Basically everything that can, uh, uh, as a human, a bad a bad human can be. Bad, yeah. But check this out do. here. Um, uh, a thug is typically this is I'm going, I'm going over to Urban Dictionary here. A thug is typically referred to a male or female who commits crimes for personal gain through stealing, selling drugs, especially violent crimes such as robbery and assault. But that, like, sure, it's someone who commits it for personal gain or something like that. Um, but it, it's it's but one. What, of... that, what does it even mean? Does somebody get like that? Means somebody gets. Uh... It, uh, enjoys themselves killing another person this or something is the thing. like that? It's a word which you can then project anything that you want onto. That's the whole point. That when, when racists talk about the thugs, they're talking about young, they're talking about 14-year-old black kids that can be shot by the police is what they're talking about. Okay. Oh, they were just thugs. You, you're wearing a hoodie, you're a thug. Like that. You smoke weed, you're a thug. A thug is a label that you can put on anyone who you want to kill without remorse. That is that is kind of what the word is used for. And yeah. it's used over and over in this book. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, a thug isn't someone who needs to feed his family or he's, like, in a really, really depressed area of Detroit and the only way for him to get himself out of poverty is by stealing something or selling drugs or getting into or a gang somebody. or something. Or robbing someone like yeah. that. It, it re removes... Everything, um, yeah, everything it removes the whole motivation it. and the background where that person might be coming from. It reduces them down to, to... their a violent act. Okay, Which and is... there are many of those people in that book. It's like no, but when they want to kill someone without remorse, they just call them a thug over and over, okay. and it removes their humanity. Yeah. Again, this is just one word. This is, I'm just talking about one word choice here yeah. in the book. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into this one point because I'm okay. not a linguist and, I, and I'm not read up enough about the use of thug as a racist term in America. But it's, I don't know, it's just weird that this is the term that kept on being used. Oh, they don't matter. We can just kill them. Why? Because they're thugs. And you're like... They want to kill you because you abandoned them in an alternative world. Like, it's one of those weird things. They wanted to steal gold off you, right? So, you abandoned them in, another, in a different world. One of them was eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. And now they want to come back and get revenge because one of them was eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. And then you push them back through a portal. They think they're going home, but they go through back to a post-apocalyptic world which has been destroyed. And you're like... And then you just shoot them dead because they're like violent. And you're like, this is... But you're just as violent. Yeah. You're, you're just, just as much as a thug. You're the ones who abandoned them there to be eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And when one of them gets killed, they want revenge. And it's sort of like, yeah. think about it. So the people that we're rooting for in this story are some of the most violent people. Like, there's, they're like bloodthirsty people. They don't mind killing people. And they're like, oh, that person is a bit of a psycho. She didn't mind killing those people. And I'm like, well, this is really weird. I'm reading this after I just watched that movie, Green, uh, Green Room, which is, is full of, like, like super, super racist hey, people. Told me and that. Super, that was weird. super violent and stuff. And I'm just like, wow. Like, to be able to get to the point where you're willing to shoot someone dead, 
You've got to go through a lot more than to be mildly inconvenienced by them when you yourself abandoned them to be eaten by saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> yes. Anyway. If, if you are just like a normal person, yes. yes. And if you really cared about life, you'd transmit the plans for your portal for other people to live. Anyway, yes. so let me check out some other notes. Um, oh yeah, I actually mentioned this when I was listening to this book. I said I had to pause it because I realized the idiot plot was incoming. And there's there's quite a few idiot plots oh, in this. Oh no. Do you know what an idiot plot yes. is? Yes. It's sort of like somebody does something stupid for no other and, reason and, except the plot has to move forward. <laughs> yeah. And, stuff. Like this. and, and he was talking about it like, oh, and he started doing this. And I was like, oh, they're going to do something. They have to close off this gate and strand the other people through on the other side for a while to create tension. And I was like, they're going to do it because he's going to faff around with them and get tangled in some wires. And then like... Like three minutes later in the audiobook, he's like tangled in some wires and like flips a switch and turns something off. And I was just like, oh my goodness, it's just pure idiot plot. Um, it's like so me poking a, a, a magic tree. <laughs> yes, if, if it's Luke and Juliana play D&D, yeah, it's you going. No, but it's not even that because like if you don't know the rules of the world, but if you know that people are in another place and you know that they're in danger because there's saber-toothed tigers in this other dimension. Yeah. And your only job is to keep an eye out for tigers coming through or wolves coming through. You don't get tangled in... Don't fuck around with cables, cables and get tangled up. Like, that's not your job right there. How you can you get tangled up in cables? Just, I, I'm not even going to go into it. It's an okay. idiot plot. Um, a paucity of ambition plot is also another a thing. A what? A paucity of ambition. What does that word even mean? Um, paucity means a lack of something, like you're a pauper, like you're poor of something. Oh, okay. And ambition means that you go, oh, like, I well, want I know to what ambition is. So a paucity of ambition means that you're like... Nobody has any... Okay, I'm going to give you this... I'm going to give you this, uh, this lamp. Okay. Yeah. And you can rub it and get three wishes. Yeah. Okay. And there's no catches. It's not like a monkey's paw. It's not cursed. It's not like anyone's going to trick you, like try and catch you out. Okay. It's not like you're going to wish for money and then be covered in gold so much that you smother yeah, it and it? get yeah, like. Yeah. It's not like you're going to turn everything into gold and then you it's turn like your daughter into gold or whatever. King Midas. Like, yeah, Midas. Uh, and Midas. Stuff like, Midas, <laughs> Midas, whatever. It's not nothing like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, so what are you going to do? Like, I've given you this. Th for example, I've given you a gateway to another world. Which you're already discussing. This this discovery is enough to win you a mo a Nobel Prize, mm. you're like a shoe in for a Nobel Prize. However, because some bureaucratic thing with the the university and some some you don't want your uh, professor to get credit. You want to keep it secret for now. But you need some money. So what are you going to do with this with this uh, this gateway to another another world? A gateway to another world. You have a gateway a, a gateway to another world which is untouched by humans. What are you going to do? I don't know. I, if I like, well, I now need to kind of think what, uh, as a university professor, you can do. But maybe like uh, give give it to pa world parliaments. Like, no, no, no. To, Again, no. You, this is the technology itself could be sold, like. But they're, they're only thinking in the terms of like, hey, I'm a scientist, so we're going to get a Nobel Prize for this. We're going to claim credit for this. Yeah. We're going to get a Nobel Prize for it, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And all they do is go through and go, where's the local, where's the, where's a, a historic gold deposit which has been completely mined out from, or like sifted out from a river? And What? Yeah. So they go across and they go gold panning on the other, like they Wait, go panning for gold on what? the other side. That's the yeah. first thing they do? It's the only thing they do with the gate. So the whole, like I say, for the whole first half of this book, you know what I said? Half of the book is taken up by them going through They're the gate. They're just going gold, gold mining. Panning. Gold pining. Panning for gold. The entire first half hmm. of the book is panning for gold. Not something, I mean, just off the top of my head, as I was reading it, I was sort of like, okay, big game hunters. How many rich people go to Africa and like shoot elephants? Yeah, and stuff? they could just And that's really fair. And... Just go, hey, you want, you want a really good adventure? Come and go through and hunt a saber-toothed tiger with me. And you're just like, and they're like, yeah, how much? And you'll be like, ten, literally $10 million yeah. to go through this gate yeah. and to go hunting. And you don't even have to come to Nebraska. We'll set up this portal in your living room and show you the portal in, the, in your living room. Look, here's the portal. Go through, have a look. Do you want to come through this portal with us? And they're like, yes. And we're like, great. This is the way that I would do it. Yeah. Big game hunters to go through and yeah. shoot I'm giant sure slopes. I'm sure there would be other Go to options. any billionaire and say, look, we're looking for funding for this kind of thing. Yeah. We'll give you we'll give you this money back. Just give us some funding. All we want for you is to come through in an adventure to prove that it's real. Like, all of these, like, there's so much money in the world. Like, yeah. don't go gold panning when Jeff Bezos 
can drop that much gold out of his back pocket every day for a year and not notice. Yeah. Like they're going, oh, we are coming up to like a million dollars worth of gold. And I'm like, That's nothing. by the time, in the time that you drive from your one place over to where you're going to go and go through the gold and do all that kind of stuff, Jeff Bezos has spent that much money on his rocket factory in... Yeah. Wherever Jeff Bezos does right, I'm just taking him because he's the richest man in the world. But I'm just thinking, like, there's so much money in the world. You don't have to go from our world across to another world to do gold mining to raise money to come back. And then gold is like really difficult. And they're like, oh, we've got to break it up. And selling gold is really tricky because you're only allowed to use so much. You can only sell ten thousand dollars worth of gold. It's like you know when you come across a border yeah, and it yeah, always yeah, says, yeah. if you've got more than ten thousand dollars, you've got to declare it. Yeah, yeah, all this I other kind of stuff. Like but getting like the like getting the idea that the, the thing that you do is gold gold mining the first half of this book is wrapped up in gold mining and i wanted it to be about extorting yeah, money or, or like just getting or just, just, adventure. just adventuring and just or like just exploring nature and just ex whatever so it turns out that actually like, when you they, know, this is a, a giant of a jurassic world yeah they, they, they can just make, just, just make just make like a tourism out of it yeah and just because Drive around in just, jeeps. Be just and because if it you gets can nobody... dangerous you just open a portal and you be gone <laughs> all right so that brings me on to my last and one of my biggest um complaints about the book what that wasn't the biggest complaint yet no 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 i've had all of these things well again again the, the core of this book there is a good core to this book and it's the book that i want to i just want a good writer to write this book Aww. you know what i mean this, yes go through oh you told me that before and i said yeah. you should write this book no i'm not going to write it no but the thing is now this has kind of been it's, it's been kind spoiled of been, yeah. it's been spoiled now it's this it's is the second time that somebody tried this no it's not because the because again the pliocene exile is was wasn't wasn't the book that i wanted but yeah. it was actually an okay series and i enjoyed it because julian may is a really good writer and the okay. characters like the whole half of that book isn't setting up the technology in the world, it does. But actually, it's setting up with, with a cast of eight characters that you really care about yeah. and that you're going to spend some time with. Okay. You, do you understand that? Yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what you do. You, and in, in the this first one, time, yeah. in the first, and in this Six book, generic people. Yeah, like the eight. eight. I think no, no, six? Eight. Six people. Yeah, yeah. Six, in this book, six people. Two women and four guys. And I don't remember any of the names, you know. I remember uh, Susie and Courage. No, they're not the main characters. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they're not the main characters. <laughs> okay, so what's your, what's your last point? There's Monica. Um, oh, Monica as well. Mon there's Monica and... Oh, I don't remember. Anyway. Oh, yeah, and there's... Really, and, and Monica they, they, and Susie and Bill? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Richard? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's God. Like, it, um, but it's set... And there's these love interests which are kind of set up and you're like, oh, Bill and Monica, there's kind of like some kind of thing going on. And then just, it's just discarded. It's just like, just, just left out. You know, nothing just doesn't come up again. Like okay. a few times he's like, ooh, now she's up close to me and we slept beside each other because it was cold and now I'm like, oh... But then I, no sexy. No, nothing. It's very chaste. It's very... It kind of almost a young adult, but not young adult. Because here's the thing. This book is written for people who are exactly the same gender and age and race and background as um, uh, Taylor. What's his name? Dennis E. Dennis Taylor. E. Taylor. Because oh, Bill is his main sure character. It's, it's, I mean... Bill is his main character. And well, we know just that. Just one, one thing. What? You're sure that this author is a, a white male, uh, like... Bill, I am a retired computer program programmer, an enthusiastic snowboarder, an inveterate science fiction reader. This is uh, now Dennis E. Taylor. Uh, this is his about Dennis E. Taylor. Is that, is that a picture? No, no. no. I mean, I, I guess there could be if we look for him. Uh, you look for Dennis E. Taylor. Okay. My point is... Billy. What? Billy is just like him. Bill. Oh, um, Bill. Bill only know... Here's one of my problems that I had with... Yeah, so exactly what I'm saying. That. Yeah. You know, kind of like... Gen X Star Trek fan, you know, it's and again nothing about nothing against Gen X Star Trek fan. I'm Gen X. I'm a white male Gen X kind of guy. No problem at all yeah. with that. The issue that I had with his Bobbyverse thing is that it was a it was a science it was a, the the main character was a science fiction nerd who loved Star Trek and loved Star Wars. Went into froze his brain and went into the future, and then lived out his entire life. And never once checked out all of the Star Trek movies and TV shows and Star Wars movies that came out after his brain was frozen and then when he woke up. Like an entire... So it's a bit like... Hundreds of years went past. So... The... Uh, Ready what? Player One. 
No, because Ready Player One. Here's the thing. I never thought I'd say this, but Ready Player One has, has a much better use case of pop culture references than this. And maybe I've just got a better opinion of it now that I actually watched the movie, because the movie does it better I than the book. I need to watch the movie as well. Yeah, okay. Mm. But here's the thing. Ready Player One is a book about people's pop culture references helping them win a computer game. Yes. So if you're going to write a book about a computer game where ni uh, like 70s through 90s pop culture references, or whatever it is, you know, those pop culture references are the things that are going to help you win the computer game and win a trillion dollars and take control of whatever virtual reality world yeah. is. Like, if that's what it is, that's what that's the book the, then has to the, be about. Yeah, of course. If the book is about someone going into space and cloning his mind and going all that kind of way, it's okay to have pop culture references there. And if the character is a Star Trek nerd and he wants to name his, like, his, his second person that he clones himself, he's going to call Riker. Uh, Lieutenant Riker or whatever Riker Captain Riker no whatever Riker becomes mm. um, and then another one is a different one and uh, you know all these different things that's fine but there has to be like you, you it has to ex the, the world of references within a work has to make sense within that world mm. and within the novel that or work that it's working within yes you know so if and references only work if you then don't say that they're a reference. And good references have to work stand as a standalone. Like the story still has to make sense. Yeah. If somebody doesn't understand the references, reference, or if they do understand the reference, a reference has to be a bonus for the person yeah. watching. Okay. Yeah. So when we watch that, well, if you watch Ready Player One, no, you didn't. You no, haven't, I haven't seen that. It. Okay. What I'm saying is that you can watch that and not understand what the Iron Giant is, and don't recognize this character from yes. Overwatch, the computer game, yeah. and don't recognize all this kind of thing because within the world, they're bonuses for the people who, who know it, who know those kind yes. of things. And they go and in Ready and Player like, One, they go into The Shining and they kind of recreate the sh like the ho the motel from don't the. Don't spoil it. No, I'm not spoiling it because it's I'm just saying it's part of the movie yeah but it's like but if you haven't seen The Shining that still works because it, it works because Steven Spielberg is a really good director but what would you make the point of is that in lots of the Disney movies the Disney the movie itself is for children yeah but because they know lots of their parents go in yeah. as well so the parents get something to laugh about because they then get the reference in the movie Tangled yeah. Someone picks up a pan, I think it's a pan, and hits them with a pan, and it works. Yes. And the main character, who's the prince in Tangled, whatever Rapunzel story goes, he yeah. says, I have got to get me one of these. Which is a, an Independence Day reference, which Will Smith says yeah. when he flies the ship yeah, for the he... first time, he goes, I have got to get me one of these. Yeah. Now, if you don't know that's an Independence Day reference, it doesn't matter. No, because, because he just says just, something. He's, it's just a fun line. Yeah. Nobody then says, turns to the main character and says, oh, oh you keep making Independence Day references. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, that's not what references are for. Yeah. Like you, you, were just, you just put on Mamma Mia, the movie, for some reason. Yeah. And th two of the characters were like, oh, my God. And in that voice, we were yes. like, and you were like, oh, is that a Friends reference? And I'm like, it may or may not be a Friends reference. I don't know if it's a Friends reference yes. or not. But you can read it as a Friends reference and because, it gives you extra no, enjoyment. Yes. Because it's a reference and it isn't, it isn't referenced as a reference no, it's, just, it's just a pop just culture reference yeah and we what's that other i'm trying to think of that romantic comedy which actually somebody said uh, what was that one did you see, did you watch it? i think i was watching it and it was there there's a romantic comedy where someone wakes up in a different world where romantic <laughs> she w wakes up in the world of romantic comedies or something like that yes I, not a great movie no um, i but we watched only half of it it was called like, everything's uh, wonderful or something like that I no no is it it was called isn't it romantic oh yeah yeah and that's it's it. and i what i I saw a review of it and someone said it's like the Ready Player One of romantic yeah. comedies <laughs> because they're sort of like oh we can just put like every reference to yes. every but comedy everybody will recognise it yeah. it's about the the reader or the listener or the again, person watching it recognising yeah. something that is being said yeah. without being said oh I got this from there yeah in this book Bill makes lots of pop culture references Okay. And people are constantly saying, "Stop making pop culture references." And he doesn't. He, and it's he doesn't make a pop culture reference. The author of the book tells us he makes pop culture references. Yeah. So it's sort of like, and then he walked away, whistling the tune of the Andy Griffith show. Who? Exactly. Like that doesn't 
that doesn't convey anything from the book or the character or the author or even me recounting that line to you. What do you know about Andy Griffith? What do you know about the Andy Griffith theme tune? What does that convey to you about the character who is whistling the Andy Griffith theme tune in the book? I don't even know what this is. Exactly. It doesn't work as a reference because it's not referencing something that the audience knows. And it doesn't work as organic storytelling it within would, the book. It would be different if somebody answers uh, in a question. No. Or, or it like, would work if... You know... No, it would work if it was a movie and somebody whistled that tune. Yes. Like, it doesn't work in a book no. where they're saying, stop humming the Jaws theme tune. Like, it doesn't work as a, a reference can't be written into the text. It yes. has to be there. Like, if I'm watching, if you're, if you're doing something, like if you're swimming in a swimming pool yeah. and then suddenly I go, yeah. that works because it's an audio reference. Like, it's an yes. audience pop culture reference. It needs reference. to be audible. Yeah, it's an but this is what I'm saying. Like, you if can't you do, describe it. If you do a, want to do a reference about a show or whatever, mm -hmm. you could do like a... No, no, there's a reference in the book. There's one good reference in this book. In the climactic battle, and they've got these portals, and you know I could say they can move these portals around. Yeah. He says, ah, I can defeat this person because he's only thinking in two dimensions, or he's only thinking two-dimensionally. Yeah. Which is, a, which is a good movie reference. It's a good reference because it works within the story because then he does some portal jiggery in more than one dimension. Yeah. And he wins, and they win the battle. And it's also a Star Trek II Wrath of Khan reference because the whole, the, the whole climax, the whole climactic battle of that, they're in a, in a gas cloud and floating around. Uh, yeah. And Spock says, oh, I can defeat Khan because he only thinks in two dimensions and space yes. is three dimensions. Yes. We can come in from above. Which isn't really three dimensional. He's just sort of like above, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a weird thing. But either way, like it worked. Like this is, the, this was the one reference that in the whole book that stuck out to me because I was like, oh, that's a reference to something that I get. I don't know the Andy Griffith show and I don't know all these other things that he, he I know he's referencing because the characters within the book are telling each other that they're doing these references. Okay. Like, he's saying, oh, this, like, they make a portal, he goes, oh, this reminds me of Stargate SG-1. And I'm like, yes, but there's ways of, there's ways of making us as a reader think that. If he'd have said something like, oh, this would, you know, to make this really look the part, we should put some Egyptian hieroglyphs around yeah. the outside. And, and everyone would be going, ah. ah. And if you don't and understand that, it. And iconic image of the guy standing yeah, around. Again, yeah, you, you, know. could, you don't, like, don't, like, I just did a better Stargate reference than he did, and I just made it up off the top of my head. Like, he needs to go back through this book, and every single time there's a pop culture reference, it write it as a fucking pop culture reference, which works within the story, within the character, as a way of communicating with other people who recognize the pop culture references, and also works if For you, people you don't, don't do it. Yes. Like, because if you don't do it, like, if you, if you just said, hey, what we should do, or maybe we should put some Egyptian hieroglyphs around the outside of it. If you've never seen Stargate, that's fine. But it's a throwaway line, and you just look at it and go, oh, that's weird. But then you could just move on. Yeah. Or, or you'd just be like, oh, what's he talking about there? And you could type in, like, Egyptian hieroglyphs around a portal. And then you yeah. could find out, and it's in a journey that you go on. But you can't just go, have a character say, hey, this reminds me of Stargate SG-1, episode what is 4. SG-1? I don't know. It's the TV show based on Stargate. There's a ah. whole TV show based on Stargate, okay. which I don't need to go into. Anyway. But also, too specific. I mean, who knows this Griffith guy? Everybody who in, in is, exactly, is exactly the age of Dennis E. Taylor, who is exactly he's from Canadian, his He's Canadian, by the way. Oh, is he Canadian? Who yes. is exactly from his... He's exactly his age, exactly his gender, exactly his race, yeah. exactly his socioeconomic background. There's no pop culture references about, I don't know, hip-hop or anything like... Oh, Hamilton, you know, the Hamilton the musical? Yeah. Like, there's loads of references, pop culture references in that. Whenever like, I... All the way through, and I don't get most of them, but when I yeah. do get one, and I'm like... Oh, and uh, I remember that yeah. time when I was like, oh, I think he's doing a reference to a, a musical that I listened to called, um, uh, what was it? I, I, I know it was one of those kind of things that I just sort of like went, oh, this reminds me of that. And I kind of did a cross reference and yeah. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is what this is. And it was, the, I think it was called The Last Five Years or something like that. And I read it. And then there was yeah. another one. There was another time I was listening to it. And suddenly I heard it. And I was like, oh, he's making a reference to a podcast that I listened to. And I only get that now that I've listened to Hamilton again, again after I listened listen to this to podcast. podcast. And then I yeah. realised, oh no, because he's, I know he's a fan of this podcast because he appeared on the same guy's 
TV show, and then right. I was like, oh, it all comes together. And then I looked on the whatever where, website where you can look up the Wait, annotated guide to yes. Hamilton, and he actually says, and actually says, yeah, oh no, it was a Twitter thing saying that, oh yeah, this is actually a catchphrase from our podcast, and it became part of Hamilton. Okay. And it was in a tweet, and you're like, that's interesting. It is, and it's like, I, it took me, it took me a year of listening to the yeah, podcast and three years of listening to Hamilton before I got that reference, and then I discovered it, and I'm like. It's there. It's that was that yes. in the end that was a reference exactly for me, and, this and is, nobody would else would recognize it. There are these different kinds of levels of these references. Either you already know it, and it's for you, and it's for you, or you consume something and don't know it, and, know and it, it later. passes, yeah. or you then later go on and. Yeah. and and that's what's yeah, happened like, to you when we because now we watch the whole entirety of Friends, and you're like, there oh. loads of references all over the place that I now get, which just yeah. I didn't I didn't miss anything. No, I didn't miss anything no, before because I didn't know about and it. And that's what I'm saying. I could, I listened through I've listened through to Hamilton many times, and only that I can listen through to this many times and still go, oh. And I was I was listening to this. Um, uh, this podcast about uh, cars in New York and they're like oh I do this improv everywhere and you know and they were talking about like performances on the subways in New York and people say oh when we come out in New York we come out and say these these kids or whoever's performing will come out and say showtime 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 like that and then put on a performance and oh. I'm like oh so at the start of this song in Hamilton which is set in New York with this right. group of young people come out and they're like showtime showtime and they all come together and introduce themselves in this fun rap battle ah, kind of thing I'm fun. like oh so Lin-Manuel Miranda has put in a reference that you shall only get if you've been on the A train in uptown like or you know about improv everywhere no no not even that but the, the yeah. point is it's sort of like this is this is, this a, this is, is a, a reference for people spe specifically this is for people in Manhattan who are sick of these kids saying showtime and that the characters in this in this play in this musical yeah. As soon as they come on and introduce themselves all by saying showtime, you're like, oh, these are obnoxious teenagers from the subway. And then you think, oh, in, in the story that they're being told here, these are college kids, yes. or like not college kids, but like, you know, young men finding their way in the yeah. world and establishing their personalities yeah. and establishing the group dynamic. They are the same social group within that society. By saying yeah. showtime. Yeah. And of course, showtime is probably young black kids, you know, from wherever, you know, in, yeah. you know, up, up in in the heights or whatever his previous uh, musical was called yeah. and it's only like like years of listening to hamilton hmm. and then picking up this reference and going oh that was it. anyway i don't yeah, want this to just you, become a you want to have that epiphany of getting it in a book yes this book outland by dennis e taylor removes any possibility for enjoying references in a book where the main character his only defining character trait is that he's the guy who does too many pop culture references hmm. like it removes all joy from references and and this was a this was an issue that i had with um with uh, ready player one the book yes. because it was like footnote yes. this is a scene from yes. um, uh, what is it yeah, yeah, the yeah. breakfast club you know I actually picked that out in the yeah. thing and it's sort of like it, you, you can't just say you can't yes. just have a footnote telling me where the references are from but the movie doesn't do that the movie course, is actually good that's what I'm saying and so. uh, and I just wanted to say so oh yes Siri thinks that it's what are you thought I'm sorry um, no um, the uh, this was his first book it yeah this is his first on, novel it says on the Wikipedia page it was self-published yeah, but now it's being republished by Audible. Now it's republished by Audible. Yeah. But did they have no editor? Oh, nobody going through. I don't know. It's going one of those things like, where, like, saying, like, I don't know what to say about this kind of stuff, but, like, they could have sold, like... I'm not sure if this has happened before, that somebody has ever, like, a self-published author has ever listened to an a, a review of mine and then changed something about their book but when, when it's been properly published. Hmm. I think that might have happened once or twice. But I kind of wish, of course, I would never have read this unless someone from Audible gave it to me for free as an audio book. That's the thing. But it's one of those really tricky things that, like, it's, it, I don't know, it's just so obvious to me to see what's wrong with this book. But Dennis E. Taylor is sort of like, oh, this book is good enough. And when it's now being published properly, he's like, it's still just good enough. Yeah. It isn't good enough. 
Okay. And that's, that's really a, that's pity, a pity because yeah. this this when this review goes live on the 16th of May, yeah. like I don't want this to be like I don't want people to say that Dennis e. Taylor is a bad writer because this is his first novel. Yeah. It should have been made better. And like I say the idea in this the technology and the idea is fun. Like portal technology through to another world and setting up a new civilization there. There's lots of fun stuff in this book. But it's overwhelmed by the structure where the first half of the book is just wasted. The first half of the book should have been two chapters or like an hour at the start of the audiobook. And then the actual adventure with going around and setting things up should have been like nine hours of the ten hour audiobook. Yeah. And actually it should have been a six hour audiobook and you know, just like cutting down a lot <laughs> yeah. of that first half. You know, you, yeah. you don't understand what I'm saying. Like there's so much that could be fixed. And I've got no problem with somebody publish, self-publishing an, uh, uh, their first novel. Because guess what? I published my first novel. And if I go back and read my first novel now, I'd probably find it's full of analogues of Luke. Oh, um, yeah. And it's of, probably of 27-year-old Luke or however old I was when I wrote it. With, it's it's uh, written from a wild yeah. male. And it uh, wouldn't pass in, the Bechdel test uh, and all these kind of things. 30, but, 20s. But, Today, if I wrote a novel, today, if I was creating something, I couldn't take 27-year-old, 2008-year-old, 2008, uh, not year old, year 2008 (laughs) sensibilities and writing skill and, you know, political awareness and character development and storytelling development. It would be really difficult for me to, like, a a publisher to come to me and say, hey, how about this? I'd be like, oh, please just let me update it so it passes the Bechdel test or like any any of these any of these tests like oh let me just have like one person of colour in this book at least you know like uh, uh, again it's weird because that is a book where it's sort of like it is the same character and it's very centralised on one character who takes on different personalities but that's the Bobby verse no, that's my, my own novel, my first oh, yeah, novel, yeah, if yours. you're not my first yeah, novel. Yeah, like course. the book starts with somebody saying, oh, I'm not going to be called, uh, you know, yes. Edward anymore. I'm going to be called Simon. Yes. And then, or whatever, you know, whatever because the Because it is are. the same person. Because it is the same yeah. person. If you of keep course. reading reading characters, stories from one point of view, like here's another first person perspective. Mm. And, oh, and now it's a third person, but it's but the same But then other like people the, that they meet. Yeah, I'm just saying then... there could be more diversity in yes. the book, which now I think about writing. But this is a novel from 2015 or self-published in 2015 and now it's 2019 and it just needs to be better. Mm. I know it's weird for me to say that, but it just needs to be better. And I I honestly thought this would be a 20 minute podcast about this book because I didn't think I had very much to say about it. But it turns out it's an hour long again. Oh, is it? Yeah, we've done it an hour and you want to get back to watching Mamma Mia and I need to get some sleep because I've been away on an emergency gig. All right, so let's wrap it up there. I kind of almost don't want to give this book any a star review because it feels bad. Well, it think... feels like it feels like shitting on someone's first novel, and I don't want to. I don't want to just be shitting on someone's yeah. first novel. But it's not his. Like if it's your if a publisher comes along and says, "Hey, have you got a trunk novel or a first novel mm. that you want to republish as us, and we'll give you money for it, and it's like we're going to push it for, yeah. to reviewers and stuff." Like just say, "Yeah, but can I just like make like the first half?" five chapters instead of half the book and yeah. then actually write the characters But this is why better. I'm saying, like, it feels like, like to me, as a person who hasn't read it, yeah. was there no editor? Was there no, no person the, reading like, it and, like, saying, like... Editor? Like, why does it have to come to me for this person to get this feedback for the first time? Like, if Audible is coming on board with this person... But, of course, it doesn't need to be because he's already got a fan base. Like, yeah, he's already course. got people who like his books. Yeah. And actually, what people want is the Woo game. And the Woo game is where you ever see someone, like... Uh, it's the it, Woo game. I know, it's from a podcast I listen to, okay. the Geek Mates podcast. And they say, like, they don't let anyone say anything during their panels. Like, when they do, like, a lecture or panel at an anime festival or gaming festival or anything. Because if they ever mention anything, like, they, you mention a computer game that you've played, I and mean, everyone's like, Woo! Like, they, it's just woos oh, yeah, of recognition. Yeah, okay. Woo, and, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, woo! Yeah, and then people I get do that. It. And they just talk through it and make sure that they're not saying these other pop culture references for people to go... I understand that and yes. give a clap and a woo. They just need to right. power through it. I understand. And, and when they re- when they reviewed Ready Player One, they're like, it's woo game the novel. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> so, get it. But know. this book, like, I mean, it is already published and it has on uh, on Goodreads, it has a, a thousand ratings. Yeah, because he's and a it's, popular it's author with his other book. And it's four, rated four stars average. Just because it's for people who who read Bobbyverse or read um, yes, I Am Legion, yes. what is it? We are Legion, we are Bob. It's for people who read that and the next yeah. novel and the next novel and went like, I want more from this guy because his use of pop culture references is what I identify with. Yeah. And then it's it, it clicks with them and that's it. Yeah, it's definitely like people coming from the Bobbyverse reading this. Yeah, I haven't it's read other people's clear. reviews. because I've been Somebody at- else says, I have received an uh, ARC of this from Audible. Advanced reader copy. 
a review will be posted on 16th of May. Yeah, yeah. so someone else as well. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, yes, uh, this will now be the 16th or 17th of May. I don't know what episode number this is going to be. I'm going to put the episode details yeah, yeah, in yeah. later in for this bit, one. Yeah. Um, yes, and so I would call, I would give this book like two stars or something because I did finish it and I did. And, I, and there's stuff to like enjoy. Say, there is stuff to enjoy, but you've got to put up with some of the worst characterization. But the thing is, it's not like offensive characterization, it's just forgettable mm. and the the bad reference like the bad use of reference isn't like offensive it's just kind of forgettable and the first half of the book isn't bad like if you want to if you want a story of the logistics of gold panning that's fine <laughs> it's no it's fine and because it, it actually made me think it's like this reminds me of jack london you know jack london with the no. white fang and robert well, uh, I can't remember the, Ooh, the poets. These poets who go like are talking about oh. gold, gold panning in Alaska and stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. You know in, I mean? the, in the times, I just saw in old, these old old books and stuff. It's got that vibe to it. It's got that adventurous spirit to it. Yeah. It's like you know what? I kind of do want a story about gold panning. And then I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and there's a whole chapter in that movie which is about someone panning for gold. And I'm like, oh, this is what they were just doing in that book. Like, I was finishing the book yeah. up at the same time. I was like, oh, gold panning. Like, there's two different things. Buster, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and this book, both talking about sort of like Wild West gold panning. And I'm like, I was into it, you know. So there is stuff in this book. It is let down by, like I say, everything yeah. about the book is let down, except the, the central idea and the central story and the actual adventure that happens is fine. And that'll give it two stars, but it's not getting more than two stars. Somebody else gave it two stars as well and yeah, said, yeah. it's horribly cliche, unoriginal, the characters are one-dimensional and the book just flies past solid plot building. Yeah. Your editor charging you <laughs> per, per page, page or, or what. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's, it's not only you and it's... Um, Again, it's not it's terrible, terrible. It's just not good in yeah. a way which is... And then it's so it's, mediocre that yeah, but then it can't it's very rise to even good. That if you if you republish it in a way that yeah. she does with an audiobook, that they didn't do any. Well, I, did, I think they just didn't want because they thought getting four star rating. Well, is let's have fun. a look at some. Oh, I was going to say look at some friends reviews of mine on. on yeah, Google, no, there's only not, one. Not really. No, Christian uh, Lager Ayoga rated it four stars. This is a well-written book, nicely organized, smaller than usual one bite chapters it makes it very oh yeah the, the the chapter's really short which means you just it just goes straight through it i think that's one of the reasons why it was actually a really easy listen a really easy read yeah. i got through it no problem like if it had been like if the like if it had been badly paced it would have been death but it wasn't badly paced yeah um well it makes total sense it doesn't retract from the feeling of wasting half the book oh yeah oh sorry the only problem i had was the main arc which goes from one direction to another halfway through yeah that's exactly the story was also very predictable, and I got the feeling that maybe this was supposed to be more simplistic young adult story. Hence, it's probably me, not you. Yeah. So, uh, um, hmm. so yeah, some major issues with the book, but overall not terrible. Except it doesn't raise it above below average. So yeah. two stars. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say because we don't know what other books are coming before this or after this. No. We've read some books, and we're going to read some more books in the future. But this this book is coming two weeks out of time. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter I'm at Luke Burge you can follow Juliana on Twitter she's at J-U-K-U Berlin yeah I'm not like active on Twitter but it's like you can see her more like um, Goodreads where we yeah Goodreads we can see what we become a friend of Goodreads and do. And, and do it as well oh I just got one as well uh, a message on episode feedback on the SFPRP Goodreads yeah, no that. the Did Goodreads SFPRP listener group it said regarding the light brigade for the first couple of jumps I thought it was pure military uh, military science fiction about PTSD uh, it says uh a bit weird reading right after The Tourist, many similar events and settings. And I actually mentioned it's weird to read The Tourist and The Light Brigade back to back because you're like, oh, this there is some weird Quite, crossover with yeah. the time travel. And then like reading this, I mean, the only reason I read this is because it because I'd read this, uh, the Pliocene Exile book. And there's so much in common with this book. And I was like, yes, I'm going to read it. So there's, it's, it is interesting to see commonalities and these like different themes coming up and then looping yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Uh, what was the two books that I'd read? The, the Against the Dark Background and Revenger. Uh, both of them featured uh, a pair of sisters, one of them captive, <laughs> captive, taken captive, and they were and then... <laughs> aristocratic family but had gone poor. And then okay. one of them goes on an adventure to try and free the other daughter, yeah. finding weird weapons along the way. And it, weird that happens in both? Both books, you oh, know, wow. so it's okay. back-to-back books. And yeah. stuff like that. So it's weird to read these books which are kind of echoing each other so much. Anyway, I think that'll do. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.